What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mid Combo Podcast. We were stuck in LA traffic for the last hour and a half. Uh, I'm stressing this morning, but we got the boys uh, from actually the 505 Podcast. Yo. They have their own. We have Brayden and Costas. Um, Brayden is a creative entrepreneur, filmmaker, podcaster, as we just mentioned. And Costas is also a filmmaker, uh, podcaster, content creator, both in LA. Paul, what are, we, what are we getting into today? We're about to get into some gold nuggets. I'm excited to hear how you guys met. You guys are living together in kind of a content house, it sounds like. And uh, what I love about you guys is you guys have your hands in so many different areas. And I think as uh, creative freelancers and entrepreneurs, we often look online and see what people are doing. And you don't always know what goes into that behind the scenes. So we're about to get into that a little bit. But first, let's roll that intro music. Yo, if you guys are watching on YouTube right now, we're chilling with the goats. And Ed's got headphones in because he's, uh, you're checking Dude, audio. Sorry, if you're watching the video, I look like a dweeb with these like, <laughs> with these, like sure head. Hey, but they sound, I'm sorry, they sound so good though. I just want to listen for a couple minutes to get the audio levels and then I'll take them off. So cool. I don't, awesome. I'm like going, dude, honestly, that's how I know we're friends because. I'm taking the L. I'm going full dweeb mode on this podcast. Like, you guys got like the, the boom arms. I'm like rocking this jank stand right now with like not even the sure mic. This rocking is these him. random headphones. But like, I love you guys. So let's go. I'm happy to be here. I'm yeah. excited. I'm just glad this like all came together last minute. Like Brayden sent me, I think it was your story that you guys were out here in yeah. LA. And I was like, hit him up. Like, let's make something happen. And like, we did it. So this is yeah. hype. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I first want to know before we get into kind of your guys' backgrounds. Um, how the heck did you guys meet? Because I know friends of mine that live in LA or have moved here. It's a horror deal when you move to a big city or when you're living in a big city and you try to find an apartment with people mm -hmm. that you jive with. Especially it's like, do you get a place with someone who's in the same niche? How did you guys navigate that? Maybe, uh, Kostas, you want to get into that? I actually slid into Brayden's DMs. Hey. Yeah. Come on. That's brotherly love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was back in 2019. I was scrolling TikTok, as I think most of us were doing, and I come across Braden's page, and he was one of the few people who I came across who was like making content around videography, his Lakers content, and also talking to the camera. And I was like, this guy makes really cool stuff, and I really like his personality. Let me That's hit awesome. him up. So I was like, you know what? Power the DM. What's up, man? Or I, th I must have followed you. He mm -hmm. followed me back. DM'd him. Hey, that follow back? Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, he likes me? Oh, man. He fucks me? Um, Hit him up. He was like, yo, come down to my mom's spot because we were both living at home at the time. And then he had a podcast with um, a buddy of his at the time. So he's like, yo, come down. We'll pod. We'll shoot. I go, great. Nice. Just like catch a vibe. So I went on. All right. Went over. We ripped a pod episode. In my like childhood bedroom. Yeah. Hey. There's like wrestling photos and shit on yeah, the wall. Yeah, my bro. mom like had it changed. And I was like, yeah, just come on in. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, we did the pod, we shot, I was like, I really like this guy, I want to hang out with him again. And at this time, I didn't have a ton of friends, even though I like grew up in LA and like had just recently moved back from college, I didn't really feel like I had a ton of people doing the same thing that I was doing. Mm. And so I kind of was like, this guy seems cool, he's doing what I'm doing, like, let's see what we can do together, basically. Wow. I ended up getting a brand deal for an Airbnb out in Joshua Tree, I'd never been Again, I didn't really have anyone to help me shoot it. So I was like, Brayden, like, please, can you like come? Like, it's a free two-night stay. Like, we can yeah. shoot sick content. Like, this will be cool. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm actually working on a course 
like, can you help me shoot stuff for the course? I go, mm. perfect. So we end up going, we spend two nights together in Joshua Tree at this Airbnb, shoot some sick content. I'm like, man, this feels like exactly what I've always wanted to do. Mm. And we got along super well, kept in touch, hung out every now and then. Um, a, few, a few months went by. I'd been talking to our, our ex-roommate who, recent, who recently moved out. Hey, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. We still <laughs> love him. He's our he's our, our he's co-host. our other co-host, Chase. Shout and out Chase. yeah, and me and Chase, um, me and Chase met in Wisconsin at school. Mm. Um, U of M or U of W? Yeah, dude, you're, you're uh, a Badger. Yeah, high five. I'm That's not, but go, I'm a gopher. Go Ducks. <laughs> go Ducks. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you, know, you, know, you can't relate. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, and so I met Chase in production class, and again, it was one of those things where it was like I was in school in the Midwest. Not a lot of people doing photo video stuff out there. No. So I found a kid, Chase, who like, liked to do what I did, latched onto him. He moved out to LA. Me and him had always talked about like wanting to move out together. And so it came to the point where I was like, ready to get a spot with Chase. And I was like, Braden, you've never met Chase, but you'll love him. And hey. what do you think about moving out? And I think you can take it from No, I, I was nervous about moving out. I was like, oh, I don't know if like if this is like the right time. I was really trying to stay, save money. I really wanted to get a place like to buy a place. And I was like, I want to save as, mu- save as much as I can. And then I was like, come on, dude, this will be this will be good for business. This will be good for everything. I'm like, all right, you convinced me. And then we moved. I had never it literally never met Chase. And, yeah. and we moved out. And I mean, we clicked immediately. It was just it was so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And then we started potting and taking on projects to get that's when I really started to realize how important it like I had hired friends to help me with stuff but once you're all three together and you're coming up with ideas and your dinner sessions change from just eating dinner to always bullshit about business ideas I'm like okay there's something here with just like living with people all trying to do the same things as you you know trying to get to those goals so yeah it was really fun that's sweet it's hard to find honestly especially in the industry like to find someone that you jive with and I'll be honest, like me and Ed, it took us being on projects together to be like, yeah, we should do the mid combo together. When Ed, when Ed asked me, it was like taking our relationship to the next level. I remember pulling my yeah. wife aside and I'm like, Ed just asked me to be the co-host. <laughs> so that's nervous. awesome. Oh, man. Also, bro, can we just say we've all rolled in the DMs to Airbnb trying to get a brand deal? <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. That's, yeah. that's clutch. Have you guys heard of Stay Amo? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we had the guy, Jordan, who created Stayamo on Sweet. our pod. Oh, and sick. yeah, I don't know if you guys have like used Stayamo, but like great, uh, great company. And like, that's what we got the Airbnb through. Oh, awesome. Should have cool. used that, dude. Yeah. You work for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you work for Loud Luxury, which is uh, a DJ group pair, duo, right? Duo, yeah. Dude, I feel like a lot of people who live, move to LA, live in LA, other parts of the world, see those kinds of jobs and think, bro, that's... That's top tier. Like, I'm sure the Lakers don't have that many contractors. Like, how no. can you can you guys both share your journey a little bit? Maybe uh, Brady can go first. Yeah. How you managed to transition into a role like that? Because there's a lot of people out there who are like, how do you even start? You know? Yeah. When I graduated from college, I was um. I, at first, I didn't want to go to school. My mom like forced me to go to college. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm I'm gonna go take over the family business, which is horse racing. That's what. Dang. They, so my dad was a jockey. What? That, that's what yo that, that is that's crazy it's, yeah, it's, super, Pass, yeah. it's super random because i mean i grew up in like the suburbs of orange county so it's like not country whatsoever but kind of live in this like double life of going to the racetrack and working for my dad and working for my mom um so she forced me to go to oregon i get into youtube there and i'm doing that stuff and i'm like okay i don't know what 
I'm doing with my life. I was trying to be a vet. That's what like she's like. You're going to go be a vet. Like that's what you're going to do. Like mm. pe- like pets. Yeah. No. Like, like ho- I was going to do a horse vet. That oh. Was, oh. So I, I see. I see. That's so crazy. I had a job lined up for like after school. It was already said and done. So I get over there and I watch a Casey Neistat video. Mm. Make it count. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to do that. Mm. Like, I don't know how I can do this. And there was this other fitness guy. His name was Christian Guzman. I'm like, oh, I thought you were gonna say my name. <laughs> well, Christian Guzman yeah. is like, he's the guy. Oh, gee. Yeah. So I was like, I, I, I was, I was went from being like 110 pounds to 165 in a summer. Dang. And dude. so I was like, okay, I'm fit now. I'm, I'm like, I could do this whole fitness YouTube thing. So dude. that's what I was doing at school. And then I had this, this one of my girlfriends was like, hey, would you ever want to work for the Ducks? And I'm like, no, I don't like, I'm not into like <laughs> doing that. No, I'm good. And so I went back that summer and I started working for a, like a fitness guy out here in LA and I was making money for the first time. I was like, oh, this is, this is it. Like wow. I can make money doing this. Like I know I could do this full time. Um, so when I went back up to school, I ended up applying, got that job for the Ducks and I'm like, okay. I know now for a fact that you can make a living doing this stuff. Still don't know how though, mm-hmm. like what I really want to do. And then when I graduated, I was like, you know, the people are like, oh, you should go into sports. Like you already have this great, this great job there. Like you can go get a sports job. And I'm like, I will never work for someone. You like couldn't pay me yeah. enough money to work mm-hmm. for somebody else. And I, I moved to Bali, like literally right. We came back from graduation. I moved to Bali with this, with this old business partner of mine. So we were living out there for like two months. Um, and then we ran it like I ran out of money. I didn't have any money saved. So I was like, okay, well, we gotta, I gotta come back home to mama's house. So, wow. <laughs> I, got, I like I'm living this like dream life in Bali. Like and yeah. then we've, we had done like brand shoots to pay for our way out there. That's a classic. Um, I've done that. Yeah. So we, we had done shoots in the U S flew out there and we're just like surfing, making videos every day. Um, and then I ran out of bread. So I'm like, okay, let me come home. Let me figure out how I can make this like a full-time thing. And someone sent me the Lakers job Dang. on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, so like a, it was just like a job post. Yeah, it was just a job post on LinkedIn. And there was already like 4,500 people that had applied on LinkedIn. It had been up for like a week. And I'm like, okay, that's a ton. And I always tell people this, when you're trying to apply to a job, you're going up against what I call loaded guns. So like you're going totally. up against people that have mom, dad, brother, grandpa, like have worked at said company. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I have a best friend that works there. And that person will always get the job over mm-hmm. a blind apply, you know? So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do, like mm-hmm. who I know in my network. And I ended up having a mutual duck that was in ticketing. Wow. And so he, I, call, I like try to get in contact and we had the same boss at Oregon. He's like three or four years older than me. And so we get in contact. He goes, listen, I can't do anything for you, but tell them that like, I know you. That's like all that. There's no nepotism here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay that's fine. Like that would be amazing. Like, and so I got on a call and I think I had six or seven interviews, seven. Yeah. Interviews? I had to make a video, um, for them in like a 48 hour turnaround. It was fast Dang. to shoot a G league game, make a 48 hour turnaround video. <laughs> Bro, um, you're getting all the angles. Yeah. And then we went to, we went, I was at home Depot and there was like, it was like getting a new key and they had all these different keys that I could get. This is like, I haven't heard from them in like three weeks. I'm like, I know I got this job. I'm like, there's no way yeah, I didn't yeah. get this job. And I was there and I like get this, there's a Laker key. And I'm like, right, I'm gonna get this Lakers key. And the guy at the Home Depot is like, yo, uh, big Lakers fan. I go, I work there. Hadn't gotten a call. Hadn't heard like what? anything. I hadn't heard anything. <laughs> Literally that day we go to Disneyland and I'm in line with my girlfriend. I get a call, El Segundo. I'm like, this is them. 
they're like, you got it. I'm like, yes. And wow, I had the key. So that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, you so got the keys. I had the keys. I had the key. And I was like, I still have the key. It's funny to like, look wow. at it. It's cool hearing that journey yeah, because, funny. I mean, if you're on social media, I don't care if you follow sports or not, you're seeing Lakers content. Uh, like LeBron James, he's always in the public eye. And you get to be in front of these elite athletes and on a team that's actually relevant. Like there's teams in the NBA where I'm like, they're trash. Mm. Um, it's cool to hear how you went from someone that was shooting for the Ducks to shooting for the Lakers and kind of applying for a job that some would be turned off by because of the amount of applicants. What did you do that stood out during that process? Because I feel like there's creative freelancers or entrepreneurs that follow our podcast that are trying to figure out how to stand out in the DMs and in the emails. Like, was there one thing that stood out where you're like, I spent so much time on that D-League video. Mm -hmm. um, did you bring people in on that video to make it that much better? What did that look like? Yeah, what do you feel like was the cutting edge or why you made it over, like, let's say the 50 other applicants? I think that if it's one thing that most creatives don't do well, it's that they're not able to sell themselves on the phone or in person. Mm -hmm. And so, like, mo I feel like at, at the high level, everyone's work is very, it's good, mm -hmm. right? There's not, like, you, make, you can make a good hype video or you can make a good storytelling piece. Like, they expect that. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you get on the phone, it's about being being able to be comfortable around like high level people like that and not go up to LeBron and ask for an autograph, wow. mm. things like that. And That's just good. be able to sell yourself. And like, I think from a, like, you know, most creatives feel weird talking about themselves and like hyping up what they do well. And I think having a 30 second elevator pitch is really important and being able to be like, oh, this is what I do really well. And also not being in a box like i i was doing travel stuff i was shooting concerts um and i think being able to blend all those different things into sports wow. made it look different rather than i've only shot sports that's all i know i mm. love sports it was like i could shoot really anything and i think the versatility was like okay he could do a pod if we need him to do a pod and i said that i was like yo i will do big work i will do yeah. anything that you guys need me to do like yeah. <laughs> i'll log footage mm -hmm. like whatever you guys need like i'm i'm get willing coffee i'll yeah, do anything i'm just not i i was like i don't have an ego about it so like whatever even with feedback like i love my work and i hate when people give me feedback on it to be honest mm -hmm. like if i give you a v1 it's like I poured my heart and soul into V1. Mm, um, and so especially when you're working with people who have been doing this for a lot longer than you, it's easy to, um, to just not to like put on your blinders and be like, oh, no, this is my creative baby. But I'm like, OK, these people have worked in this industry forever. Like, let me take my ego aside and like really listen. And I never was pushy with the feedback. I was like, OK, let me see like how I can make this better. And listening to I had an amazing creative director who now works for Meta. Our name's Kim, hey. but Kim was like so hard on my videos and I've never had someone be hard on my mm -hmm. videos before. So that was a, a, like a rude awakening for me. But I was like, okay, let me just like breathe. And she would always tell me, she'd be like, you're so good at feedback. <laughs> Inside, I'm like dying. I'm like dying. I'm like, yeah, Kim sounds good. But <laughs> she made my videos like 10 times better. Just like wow. her, she's, um, she's just very direct and she knows what she wants. She's worked at huge ad agencies before. And so that's cool. Just like having that mentorship from someone, because I, I would just make stuff and be like, people are like, oh, that's great. And so when you're hearing like, oh, this is great, this is great all the time, I feel like that ego gets even bigger almost, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having someone that was like, hey, like this is what's wrong with this and this is why it's wrong. Wow. Um, it really helped that's me. That's cool. And I think it took my work to a whole new, whole new level. It's like feedback. Mm -hmm. it's like get, getting, getting good the, with feedback. Getting the video it, feedback yeah. is so crucial. Oh, my so I hate it when you like show someone to edit. It's like, 
yeah, um, can you change the track? Can you change the B-roll too? This cut too. You're like, oh, you want me to change the whole video? Great. Let me go cry in a closet now. Um, right, you dropped the gem that I want to point out. Make your first draft the best draft. Mm. And then also like embrace the jack of all trade season. Mm -hmm. We talked to Ryan Cow yesterday, incredible filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He talked about seasons where he literally took on projects that didn't necessarily fuel him, but stretched him. And he like finds himself spending like certain seasons going out and shooting like weird objects, he said, just to, just to like get, inspiration. get mm -hmm. that inspiration and experience. Which is super cool. So um, it's cool to hear that like those seasons of shooting music that might not have paid well back mm -hmm. in the day kind of bled into your work with um, that you proposed yeah, to Lakers. Yeah, definitely, yeah. For Costas, just switch gears a little bit. Um, the loud luxury guy yeah like you you're in a different space like you're doing like music right now you've been on like tour with i feel like that's just a crazy lifestyle to begin with as i'm sure you know same with you know sports but tell us a little bit about how you transition to that because there i know for a fact i'm not personally in it paul probably has more experience with like starting in music and mm -hmm. getting backstage and whatnot but i know there's tons of content creators that would love to do that like that's all they dream of doing is like going on tour going backstage getting those like epic shots with the dj and then like Bro, the crowd getting the, the laminate coast this is yeah filthy. like like with the media pass going back with their camera you know how how did you break into that and what advice would you share with someone who's trying to also get connected in that circle but start shooting maybe music or live performances yeah i was um in the season of doing jack of all trades i was doing a lot of real estate stuff um that was kind of like my bread and butter through like before the pandemic, through the pandemic, and then doing like a lot of fashion commercial videos mm -hmm. and honestly, like any and everything. And they found me through my TikTok, which Dang. one of them, Andrew, I guess, found me somehow on TikTok, started following me. I was a fan of their music. I like tried being a DJ for like a couple years after hey, I graduated with my You heard it here. <laughs> Shout out, Wiz G. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I like, I love EDM. I, I, I'm a big like fan of the culture and I knew their music and I was a fan of theirs. And so when he DM me on Instagram, I kind of freaked out a little bit. He was just like, yo, have you ever shot DJs? I had never shot a concert before in my wow. life. And I was like, I went through a little bit of imposter syndrome of like, why the, like, why is he reaching out to me? He could reach, they're a, a very so well-established yeah. DJ duo. Like they could really hire anyone. Like why would they hire me? And, you know, fast forward, I've learned that he was like, you know, I liked, uh, I liked your work and I knew that it could transfer even though you had never shot a concert. Mm. But I liked your personality. We spent so much time together. A, an artist would rather work with someone whose work maybe isn't as good as somebody else, but they vibe with more because they spend that's so much huge. time together. That's cool. Um, and so that's kind of how it came about. He reached out to me. I was like, when and where? Like, I'm your guy. Like, I'll drop mm -hmm. literally everything. Mm. And the first concert I shot with them was EDC in Las Vegas, wow. which is like one of the largest festivals Dang. in like North America. Bro. And I was like very nervous like very very nervous <laughs> packing your bag yeah like had had never even used like a flash before and i was like i need to go pick up a flash like i don't know and um that's relatable yeah i want every time i tell this story i want to shout out um danilo lewis who's the cool. chain smokers photographer yeah. we had a mutual friend maddie Super awesome and again kind of similar to like i didn't have many people in the in the industry 
uh, my friend Maddie knew Danilo and, and she was like, yo, you should meet him. And this was before I even was going to start shooting concerts. And I was like, Maddie, like, I don't know anything about concert photography. Is there any, you've told me he's like a super nice guy. Is there any way you can connect us? She did. He took a call from me, talked to me for like 30 minutes, answered all my questions, like the nicest dude. And to this day, I was like, wow, I just like shout out Danilo because he's someone we had him on his po- on our pod. And he was like, whatever I tell you, like, it's for you to spread the knowledge. He's like, I don't gatekeep none of that. And I was like, love I that. love that like mindset. So huge shout out to Danilo. Anyways, I was like, like when you're behind the crowd and you're wide angle, like, am I shooting wide open at 2.8 or like F11? Do I need the crowd and focus? Yeah. Like those little like intricate details, is like, nah, like doesn't matter. Just shoot 2.8, like wide open, whatever. It's <laughs> so, like little things like that. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I, I look back at the content that I shot at EDC now and I'm like, man, like it's not even like that good. But I think they just like liked my energy. Like I was, I was down for anything mm. and like, you know, quick turnaround time, that's a big thing. Um, but that's kind of how it came about as far as like a piece of advice for people wanting to get into it. Most well-established artists are already going to have like their go-to guy. So if you go on their Instagram, right, they're probably going to be tagging a photographer. It's very rare that like a well-established artist is you're going to have an opportunity to like work with them unless you're like working maybe for like a venue specifically, Mm -hmm. or if you can work with like a publication and you can get a press pass to a festival. So that's kind of like another way. I would hit up openers at Mm. different venues. That's huge. That's a good tip. Because openers don't like aren't going to have, they're not making enough money to hire a full-time content Mm -hmm. person, right? So like they're always looking for people to shoot. Mm -hmm. So hit up openers and then Tip, what I've heard, I've never been in this situation because I've only known like being on tour with the artist where I can shoot the whole show, the headliner. Um, typically when the headliner goes on, I guess you only have the first three songs that you can shoot from the pit. Totally. So shoot the three, shoot the three songs and try to get like tight shots, wide shots, like just a huge variety of shots. Mm-hmm. And then use that, build up your portfolio and try to leverage that. Um, but I think like for me, like, I had something maybe that separated myself where like I showed my personality on social media mm-hmm. and they liked that. Mm. And a lot of artists that I've talked to, it's like, that's what they're looking for. They want someone wow. who's good. They want someone who can do a lot. I mean, they have me doing iPhone videos, proper videos and photos, video editing, doing a little bit all. of like Photoshop. And I don't even really know Photoshop. Yeah. Like, you know, YouTube right away. <laughs> like, like they literally, they, this, yes, they literally sent me their like new album artwork recently and they were like hey can you change like the size of the text and stuff and i'm like i don't really know photoshop like i'll figure it out (laughs) um so i think like being a jack of all trades being able to do stuff they were also telling me that they would hire people and they would ask them to shoot videos on their iphone like behind them for tiktok or instagram stories and like no i don't do that like i only do photo or like i don't use iphone to shoot and just like kind of like what brain was saying like drop the ego like whatever they need you to do like Mm. do Mm. um that's and amazing. so, yeah, that's kind of my piece of advice. That goes what's, so far. What's really cool about both your stories that I, I personally picked up is, one, personality is huge. Like you mentioned, even with the Lakers, like personality was a big aspect of, you know, getting through the door. But another one that a lot of creators forget is you were both creating content already. And then these opportunities came. A lot of people like, are waiting for that opportunity while not creating. They're like, oh, like I, I need to make money. So what they do is they just like are link going on LinkedIn, going 
like doing a bunch of cold outreach, like DMing like a thousand people while not creating anything with their camera, just hoping that somehow an opportunity like falls on their lap. But really what naturally happens for most people, as it was for me too, like you, you creating content, whether that's just free for yourself, social media, travel, whatever. And then these opportunities kind of open up. And that's like such an important thing. So people are listening, like, I want to work on a job like that. Well, you need to be creating something so people can find you, like see your work. It you got to post it. You yeah, have to post it. You have work. to post it. Otherwise, how are they going to find you? And, and I think you're only, you're only as good as the last thing that you made. You, wow. know? you got you to like be constantly trying to push the envelope, I think, for what we're doing at least. I think that's huge because I think if you're a creative, you're constantly thinking about an aesthetic feed. I mean, Ed's got the most aesthetic fee in the game. <laughs> but here's the deal. Like you're saying, uh, you guys were authentic with the content before you got the, you know, the breakthrough. And I just want to say, dude, when you're talking about like how you got your portfolio and like how you got the opportunity with Loud Luxury, I spent three years building a music portfolio, sneaking into shows, shooting from the, like shooting from the crowd, and then also building relationships with openers to get the opportunity to go on US tours. And I feel like so often people just feel like they can roll through the DMs and get a handout when really it takes way more than that, investing into that. And like you said, it's a personality thing. Most, music, most musicians have their homies travel with them. Why? Because they enjoy being with them. It's fun, yeah. And I think you've probably seen that being around Loud Luxury, like they're constantly hanging out with their friends. Mm -hmm. So it's more about the friend, like the relationship aspect. And it just happens to be that you're coachable that you're flexible and you're willing to do whatever it takes in order to like provide value to them. So bro, I give you value. I get, I like, I give you um, credit for that because most people almost are like, no, this is my lane and I'm not willing to flex. Mm -hmm. And you've made it clear that you've built this relationship off of being like that. I also going off of that, Braden brought it up, being able to be like chill in certain environments. I'm, I'm on tour with a well-established DJ duo. I'm going to be around celebrities. We're going to be at certain events where like either it's a Vegas club or, or, you know, a Super Bowl party, whatever it may be. And like, you got to be cool in those moments um, and, and not be freaking out that you're around. Like, you know, maybe you're freaking out inside. You're like, oh, there's so-and-so, <laughs> but like acting like, you know, like texting being the girl, chill. girlfriend, yeah, exactly. Babe, I just stopped. Uh, so hard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Camera bag. Um, and then another thing I would say, just like a tip, a general tip for concert photo video, is shoot more than you think. Overshoot and capture a lot of BTS content. Mm. When you're working with artists, obviously they want banger shots from the show. But as a fan, I think you want to see an inside look into what goes on in the green room or like at the airport the or scenes. like the, just any in the city BTS yep. stuff. So like kind of have your camera ready to go at all times um, and capture those moments because I think those are that's an opportunity to kind of like separate yourself um, because those are the moments that I think fans are looking for. That's good. Yeah, I want to get real for a minute. My guy's verified on Instagram. Bro. Hey, did, did you know that? I did see that. Bro, how the heck did you get verified? I mean, obviously <laughs> I follow you and it's like, it makes yeah. sense why you're verified. Yeah. But did that come with working with Loud Luxury? What did that look like? My sister was working at a creative agency at the time and I was working at a restaurant as a host. Cool. Actually, like right by here, Superba Food and Bread on Lincoln Hey, Boulevard. check it out after. It's actually super dank. 
And I was taking, or she goes, send me a photo of your ID. Like Katie, her CEO or whatever is like going to try to get you verified. And I was like, I didn't really care about being verified on Instagram, but I was like, all right, cool. Like, I guess I'd rather have it than not. And if it doesn't happen, whatever. So I send it, I send her a photo. I didn't even like ask. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And the next day I literally like take the trash out to, like I go to the bathroom, get the trash, take it out. And I check my phone and she goes, check your Instagram. And it was verified. And what I was like, the? sick. She has the plug. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of how it came I bring about. that up because Brandon was bringing up how he's connected with the girl that worked or works for Meta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all know that right now Meta's be pushing, uh, you know, the verification, verification stuff. Verification, mm-hmm. subscription um, thing. Dude, they're re- everyone's going to have a blue check. See, I think I, it's interesting. I think, though. dude, yeah. it's whack though because I think you're going to get so many people that have, um that are imp- imp- or imposter, not imposter. What's the word? Like they're impersonating impersonating for sure. they're impersonating yeah. someone else just like we saw it on twitter with like all these public that officials and like right below it you're like the craziest thing like most outlandish things you could yeah. ever see like right you Some know craziness. wait i don't think i saw this so meta's pushing verification yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For, for, for like 15 dollars a yeah, month to have a more oh. it already purchased it was fine <laughs> it's already no i think it. it's why yeah i think it's weird because i think then you're it's I, not as cool. It's yeah, not as exclusive. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm right. A year from now, though, we're going to be on the pod and we're all going to be like, <laughs> we got the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think there are certain things that should be exclusive mm-hmm. for people who should be verified, mm-hmm. like for celebrities and stuff. I, I honestly think the verification check makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody should be verified because, no. yeah, for scammers, yeah. people who honestly just didn't put in the work and as I'm growing in, you probably run into a lot of creatives who listen to the po- your guys' pod and ask you questions. And I'm starting to realize in the beginning when I first started my career, I was definitely more, I still don't gatekeep, but I was definitely more like, I want to help everyone. Like, mm. But the thing is, some people just don't put in the work. Mm-hmm. And like, there's got to be some sort of system where like, it weeds out people who don't want it as bad because there's going to be someone behind them that wants it more and they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And you just have to have that distinguish in between. Because yeah. if you're just like, not everyone can, not everyone can shoot for the Lakers. Just, not yeah. everyone can shoot for a lot of luxury. Like mm-hmm. there's got to be a, some sort of distinguishing factor between these people, these mm-hmm. creatives. Um, one question I would love to ask is a lot of people, we asked this on our, one of our other pods, but a lot of people think their geographical location has such a huge impact to opportunity to you know things like that not to mention you guys are all living together like you're literally roommates all roommates and chase is not here but he also is on 505 mm-hmm. podcast right mm-hmm. um but how big of a role do you think that plays as one being in la and two being in like a creator uh place basically living with roommates who are creating i think the creator place has helped a ton just with brainstorming and coming up with ideas for like if you know if he's pitching someone or i'm pitching someone it's like hey, can you just walk five steps to my room and like look at this deck and make sure that this is all correct and there's anything you would change? I think that's really helpful. As far as the geographic location, though, I think LA is the hardest market. And so I, I don't live in New York, but I would assume it's very hard to break into New York and be, be of the, one of the best in set area, right? So I met this one, like one of the guys I coach is like in Kentucky and he's making like 15K a month in Kentucky. Wow. And that's, oh, that is so much, that's so much money pretty much anywhere you go in the world. That's a lot of money, right? But I was, he's like, should I move to LA? And I'm like, you might change from 15 to seven if you make the move out here because it's a lot more competitive. And so I think- And seven in LA versus- Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, 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 it's, it's way gonna, more expensive It's gonna go, a, it's gonna go a, a really long way. So I was like, you could be, you're gonna be, you could be the best dog in like your town or whatever the closest 
biggest city is to you, right? So like trying to find, if you're in the outskirts, you're four hours away from a big city. Yeah, the small businesses there aren't going to be able to afford a 4K a month retainer, right? It's not, it's like not possible for a mom and pop shop to do that. So starting small in your area, building, you know, relationships with those people, because like all of that is good practice for when you're doing a 5K video or a 10K campaign or whatever. So then figuring out, okay, how can I go to where there's more capital for these businesses? And Mm -hmm. whether it's a two hour drive and you set aside, okay, like once a month, like, which is what I've, I've told people to do. I'm like, once a month, you go to the biggest city in your state, you drive four hours and you set up three shoots and that's going to pay for the whole month, like that's that right. that one weekend, you know? So like figuring out what, where the businesses are that can afford what it is that you want to charge mm-hmm. and kind of going there. And you don't have to move to LA or to New York because like, again, you know, I've DM'd with people and I'm like, you know, your stuff's just not there yet. And wow. that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like neither was mine in the beginning, right? So it's like being real with yourself and saying like, okay, if I... If I go move to Seattle, I'm competing with Ed. I'm competing with all these other great creatives in Seattle. Or if I move to LA, I'm comp- you're like, you're competing against me and mm-hmm. like Costas and like other guys that are way better than us, right? Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's important to really be real with yourself and look at what other people are doing in your competing markets and yeah. say, okay, like let me grow where I'm at right now. And then I can, if I want to, I can make the move to another place. That's mm-hmm. good. Costas, yeah. what do you think? Because did you grow up in LA? I did, yeah. I grew up in um, in Santa Monica. And then you went to Wisconsin? Yeah. Peace Why? Out. The weather? <laughs> Dude. I was just sick of, you know, 75 and sunny. Out. So <laughs> went to Wisconsin and then came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, growing up here, I'm sure you were around just the creative influence mm-hmm. of just, you know, all these incredible guys that we look up to, like Casey Neistat. But uh, for you, do you feel like it made an influence on being a music photographer, concert photographer? I think it just gave me permission to be creative. Wow. It, it wasn't out of the norm to do something with a camera or to try to be an actor, or try to do something that isn't down the traditional route. I was also very fortunate where my parents are both very supportive of like what I do. And they were always like, yeah, like go go try if you want to yeah. do something different like go do it that's yeah. huge and i i realized that now after going to school in wisconsin realizing how many people are just going down the traditional path because that's like all they know wow. so i think la just kind of gave me that permission to try something different um which is why I like tried the djing stuff and yeah. tried a bunch of different stuff like you know i tasted a bunch of different things and i figured out that, hey, music's not for me. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because it's kind of like full circle getting to experience that lifestyle without being the actual mu- musician. That's it. As far as living in a big city, though, I think like I agree with everything that you said, Raiden. I think, though, that like there's something to be said about being in L.A. where there's just a hub of incredible filmmakers, content creators, photographers that you're like one DM away from or one like handshake like you could be out at like a restaurant or uh, a supermarket or or a party or an event whatever it may be and you can bump into someone and you can network with them and next week be working on a project with them or 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 just start building a relationship with them so Mm. i think like i agree with it doesn't always make sense to move out to the big city but i think there's like just so much more opportunity Mm. yes it is yes it is a lot more um, uh, competitive, yeah, competitive. Mm. But there's also a ton more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's uh, there's like two pros two, and cons. Yeah, pros yeah, and pros cons. cons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you cool. don't like traffic, though, don't move here. <laughs> What's interesting about concert <laughs> photography is 
all the music photographers that I've met and that I'm friends with, Maddie Vogel shoots for Billie Eilish. Oh, his stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. He's one of my favorites. Like his stuff is. We got it. We'll get him on the pod and uh, we'll hang out sometime. Hell yeah. Jeremiah Davis, Chain Smokers. Works. He's worked with Bieber, Roy Kramer. Just like they're all kind of here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's. Yeah. It kind of makes sense because there's labels here, but also there's musicians here. Um. So it's just cool to kind of hear it from you because I'll be honest. Like when I was living in, I was in North. I was in North Dakota for college for a quick minute. And I was flying out of Grand Forks Airport to hop on tour with musicians where the, the tours would start in like New York or LA. And I remember it just was not convenient. So I think that's also a part of it. It's like the convenience aspect For sure. to be able to pop down and like connect with these artists when they're in town recording, shoot the behind the scenes. Well, okay. Going off of that, they like the Loud Luxury guys, they were looking for someone in LA. You know what I'm that's, saying? Like yeah. they live out here in LA. They wanted someone to go on tour with them, but also like help them shoot TikToks like on a random Wednesday at noon at their house. Yeah. It's like That's you, cool. you get the opportunities because of like your where you're living. That's good. Um and also I've talked to the tour manager and they've like hired photographers doing like one off things if like I can't, you know, be there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, dude, this dude was out of bum. <laughs> wherever like <laughs> like you know it was like the routing was so hard it was like we can't really use them again because it's like takes them a four-hour yeah, drive just to get to a major airport bro so, totally yeah so like gas money yeah so it's like i don't know i just think that um yeah being in la has definitely opened up opportunities to just like shoot random really cool stuff mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah dude Honestly, we could probably chat with you guys so much longer. Um, probably should wrap it up here because I know Braden has some things to get to. <laughs> uh, but where can people? F I would love to like promote you guys. Yeah. And where, where can people find your your work? Yeah, I'm I'm B Figgy on all platforms. And hey. check out the Five Hundred Five podcast on everything as well. Nice. I'm Costas G nine five on Instagram and Costas Garcia on TikTok. Also verified. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, before the subscription came into effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, love it. Also verified on Twitter. It's not a big deal, guys. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, the five five podcast with uh, Braden and Chase. Love yeah. it. We'll link. We'll link all the all those that all that stuff into the show notes. So I definitely don't deserve to be. I don't need to be yeah. verified. <laughs> no, thank you guys for hopping on. And thank uh, you guys. I feel like Brayden's about to go shoot LeBron and I feel like you're about to go crush an edit for Loud Luxury from like a festival. I think I might go take a nap. I'm still catching up on sleep. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. If you enjoyed this episode, check out these guys' profiles. Brayden's even doing some sweet coaching stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thank Peace. you guys. Peace.